0: I'm going to start my sermon a little bit backwards, not that I haven't done that before, but um, I just wanted to know, to to, to share a little bit what what has been going on this week. The last two Wednesdays, we've had a great time at Alpha, and the theme has been about the Holy Spirit, and um, I think last Wednesday was phenomenal. Because there was this time of us saying, "Well, actually, it looked like what, the theme was what does it mean to to be filled with the spirit, and there was this time in the end that we there was this silence, but there was this kind of expectation and I said i'm going to start backwards because one of the points that i'm going to share today is in our beginning this journey about simply discipleship is that We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. And this week I have been reminded, I shared it with a band earlier on, of the passage in Acts chapter 18 where Apollos goes to Ephesus and Paul decides to go in Corinth. And he asks the Christians in Corinth, Do you know about the Holy Spirit? And their response is, We didn't know that there was a Holy Spirit. What is it all about? And I just wonder that because of our experiences, because of what we hear, because of what we read, we become reluctant to what the Spirit may do. And I want to encourage us today that we come to God with that same attitude of the Corinthians, they were saying, Well, actually, we've got this view of the Holy Spirit. Their view was that they didn't know. But we've got a certain view. And we say, well, well, what is it? And then allow the Holy Spirit to, to come and do his work amongst us. We're starting this new series called Simply Discipleship. And I know that some of you think if you hear the word simply again... I'm not going to go there, but simply discipleship. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Um, in the Youth Discipleship Group called Foundation, we've been dealing with uh, this idea of discipleship. And the way that it has been dealt with is that... We are all apprentices of Jesus. And what does it mean to be an apprentice? What does it mean to be an apprentice of Jesus? And the reason why I've chosen this simply is because sometimes, and I know that we've been coming over and over again to this theme. I remember last year we had David Lawrence. We have had other uh, moments in the church life that we've covered. But I just wanted to, to talk today and for us as a church to be focusing in the coming weeks in some marks, healthy marks of what does it mean to be a disciple. And when when we look in the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, the term discipleship doesn't exist. As the term discipleship, the term disciple exists, but discipleship is, is quite ambiguous, and you try you try and ask different people what that means, and you'll have different versions of you know what what it means for them. But there are two two main streams that you see in the New Testament. You have seen it as you read the stories of the Gospel when Jesus went around and. The cities, And he invited men to follow him. He did it with fishermen. They were fishing. And he says, just drop off everything you're doing and follow me. He did it with tax collectors. And he said, leave what you've got there and follow me. So there is this element of Jesus actually proclaiming who he was. God on earth and asking people to follow him, not only in his example, but in his teaching and in in what he was about to give to them, life. And there is also another form of discipleship that we're saying, which comes with a mandate that when Christ, before leaving the earth, he gives His disciples mandate that actually what I've been teaching you, what I've been sharing with you, what I've been giving you, you've got now the authority to go into the whole world and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, the two strands are that we've got our own pattern of following Jesus, of trusting him, of learning from him, and the other pattern of discipleship is when we are actually helping others to do so. And the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the what does our pattern of following Jesus look like. Look like, and what what does it mean for us to be apprentices of Jesus? What are some of the of the marks? Um, sorry, I forgot to to tell you next slide, Colin. Sorry. So yeah, those are the two trends. When you try and climb the wall or the the mount on your own, and then you've reached at the top, or you you're climbing. You've got more climbing to do, but you're still helping others because you want them to be there. And um, We're going to be looking at a passage today from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 10. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 10. Anybody like to be blessed by reading to us God's Word? Yeah, right. yes,
1: please. What was it again?
0: <laughs> First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1
1: to 10. Instructions to Timothy. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith. And follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with that of a a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything that God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is to be received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, and for this we labour and strive, that we have put our hope in the living God, who is the saviour of all men, and especially of those who believe. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. Um, Can we have the next slide, please? I don't know if you have started paying for your music lessons for your children, or you have paid in the past, Um, but I just want to um, bring an illustration. Let's pretend... I was trying to go through the names of the kids in our um, uh, church, and we haven't got an Emily, have we? I know Rich and John have got an Emily, but let's pretend this is little Emily. And her mom and dad have paid for piano lessons. I'm glad Steve is here as well. Um, and her mom and dad want her to, to learn these instruments. And... She, the piano is positioned in a place where you can see the park and you can see stuff that is going outside the window. So practicing is really hard because actually it's something that her mom and dad wanted to do and therefore she needs to do it. Something that they're paying for it, so it becomes a little bit more um, problematic And let's think a little bit that in the midst of this, Emily is approached by an angel who's taking her, I actually I did a a Google search of the top ten concert halls in the world and I thought, how can I anglicize this? And one of the top tens was, I've never been there. It's the Bridgewater Hall in Manchester. And the angel takes Emily into this hall where she sees a grown-up woman flying and being a piano prodigy. And all of a sudden... She is really struck by the amazement of how well this woman can play the piano. And the angel tells Emily, that's you if you train. That's you in 15 years' time if you practice. That's you in 15 years' time if you give it all to be this piano player. And I wanted to bring that to our conversation today as we think about discipleship. Because this piano practice has become all of a sudden from a chore and from something that mom and dad want her to do or really would like for her to do to something that is giving her a direction. And I really wanted for us to be thinking about that when we think about discipleship. That when Jesus is calling us to become his followers, we are reminded by Romans chapter 8 that actually we are being conformed daily to his likeness. We're becoming more and more and every day like Jesus. So the direction that that when Jesus is calling his people to follow him, when Jesus is calling his people again today to follow him, there is a set direction. There is something that actually Jesus is encouraging us to be. And that's very clear. It's every day and a little bit more like Jesus. And that's the direction that Jesus has set for us. Now, we're going to go to the next slide. And Jesus knew that this call to the discipleship was not an easy one. And therefore, before he left his earth, he told the disciples, Actually, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So in our pursuit of discipleship, not only that there is one direction, but we've got to help her. And that's why I said earlier on that I'm starting backwards, because this was the moment where I was going to share a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Because if we do this pursuit of discipleship without the Holy Spirit... I'm afraid we're wasting time. I'm afraid we're wasting our lives. Because we're not recognizing God's gift to us. We're not recognizing dwelling within us. We're not recognizing that He is the one who can empower us to practice, to train we 're not going to be looking at the the upper part of the passage, but Paul is writing to Timothy, and actually it 's very interesting how Chapter Four starts with his spirit it 's very interesting how actually it's, it's, it becomes the the, the, the the cutting edge for whatever was going on actually paul is addressing some false teaching, and that 's why he 's referring. To Timothy in Ephesus and saying, this is what's going on. But, let's start with the Spirit. And that's where it begins. And he says, the Spirit clearly says that what's happening to you is going to happen. It's unavoidable. But actually, you've got something to do here. If you point these things out to the brothers, verse 6, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, brought up in the truths of faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Do you see the train here? Do you see the connection? That all this teaching that Jesus has passed on to his disciples is being passed on out to Paul and now Paul is able to pass it on to Timothy. Because there is only one direction. We can only be disciples of Jesus. Because as David Lawrence has reminded us two years ago is that Christ is the only disciple maker. Christ is the only disciple maker. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales which was part of the teaching on what was going on in Ephesus in those days. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Pursue this godliness. This is the direction. This is the call. This is where we ought to go. And you pursue this because, actually, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, that we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. So, in this call to to discipleship, not only we are called to to set on to the direction that Jesus has set, not only we are given the help of the Holy Spirit, But actually, through His Holy Spirit, again, God has revealed Himself to us in the Scriptures. And there are some disciplines that God has given us in the Scriptures that He wants us to pay attention. And this is what we're going to be doing next, in the following weeks. We're going to be talking about these disciplines. We're going to be contemplating. And what does that mean for us? Now, some of you may think... Oh, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, I remember Richard Foster's book, I remember this and that, and I hope we're not talking about something that is dated and stuff. I just want to encourage us that actually, although some of the disciplines would be a recall of the past, I believe God wants us to revisit them. Because that's our call to discipleship. That's our call for us To be more and more and every day like Jesus. So the next slide is that we are training, or we're going to be training with activities that God has given us in his scriptures. And the activities that we're going to be looking are, sometimes they're very simple, sometimes they're complicated, sometimes We don't look at them because, actually, we have never been challenged to consider those disciplines. um, Dave Winfield is coming next Sunday to talk about prayer and fasting. Then we've been talking about giving, about simplicity, about scripture, about worship, about submission. And all these things that actually are, are all marks of a true discipleship. Before I close, I just wanted to remind you that the the disciplines that God has given us, these marks of discipleship, some of them are personal, but they can be interpersonal, they can be congregational. They are habits of devotion to a person, not to a cause. And I think that's something that we really need to get it right. That these habits of devotion are devotion to Jesus Christ. Not just the good things that we think that Jesus has made on this earth. And also, I want to remind us this morning that if we're going to be looking at these disciplines, we're going to believe that they are biblical. Because the moment we take them out of the biblical context, we can make virtually anything that will become a spiritual discipline. And somehow, we can fall into the danger of actually, we can self-prescribe what is good for me and what is not good for me. Whereas actually, the challenge is for us to have all those marks. And... As we look at these disciplines, not only that I want for them, well, for us to be looking at this devotion to Jesus, at the biblical understanding of that, but I really would love for us to be looking at all of these things being driven by the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And if I've got a prayer for us, is that as we pray, And as we look into this weeks, in the end of the month, we are excited and joyful, a little bit like Emily. That if we have considered them a chore, something that are burdensome, that we come to that place and we say, God, we want to rejoice in this because we know the direction that you are calling us so i don't know whether you agree with me or not but i think again and again i seem to get this vibe that god is calling us as a church to trust him and this theme has been coming and coming for the last 3 or 4 weeks and I really want for us to, to as, as, as we think about these disciplines, that actually we trust God. The last slide is where we want to go. That so we come to that understanding that actually... These are things that have been given by God. Activities. And there are sufficient means for the believers in Jesus. And we're going to go down the route that we want to do this spirit-filled, gospel-driven, pursuit of godliness, training, which it's a closeness to Christ and conformity to what He is like. Shall we pray together? And then we'll share communion. Thank you that your banner over us is love. Thank you that you love your church. Thank you that you love your disciples. And thank you, Lord, that you call us to follow you today. We acknowledge that we are on holy ground and we acknowledge that your spirit is at work in our midst and we don't want to take any of those for granted. Therefore, Lord, we ask that as we look into these areas, these marks, these activities, that we don't get bogged down by our past failures or attempts. But we can trust you And come to that place as saying, God, we won't do this again without your Spirit. So, as we look, Lord, to train in godliness, would you help us? And I hope that this, and I pray, Lord, that this is not just an exercise that we do for this coming weeks but it's ingrained in us because it's part of our calling thank you for being there for us in jesus name amen